Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey, everybody. Um, I know you guys are all probably clamoring for more boomer content from my parents, but... You guys, the last two weeks were special, vacation is over, I'm not at their house anymore, so you're just gonna have to deal with me for now. Um, try not to slit your wrists, but after all, this is the Adventist Millennial Podcast, so here I am. Um, okay, how is your 2019 going so far? We're already like a week and a half in, did you crush your resolutions yet? Um, if you didn't, luckily for you... I put off this New Year's resolutions episode for a week so that you could all take the opportunity to get re-motivated listening to it after you'd fallen off the wagon two days into your resolution, right? That didn't happen, of course. Either I put it off for your sake or my resolution was to stop putting things like this episode off and I failed at that immediately, but there's no way that you'll ever know which one it really was. Um... (laughs) At any rate, today we're going to talk about resolutions, failing, goals, more failing, so that'll be fun. Um, Then I want to rail about something that bugs me, Uh, ambition and Christianity. Are you allowed to be both ambitious and Christ-like? Hmm, we'll talk about it. So, join me on today's episode of Emily is super on top of podcasting and produces episodes six months ahead of time, lol. Okay, you guys, I have a confession. Uh, Six months ago, when I was pre-producing this episode way ahead of time because I'm very organized and motivated and not recording this the very morning it's supposed to drop, um, yeah, when all of that true stuff was happening, uh, I have to admit something to you. I ended up procrastinating and watching, like, seven episodes of Malcolm in the Middle instead of writing and recording this for you like I was supposed to. Uh, uh, but just because this happened only one time six months ago and never ever at any other time and certainly not last night, (laughs) I wanted to talk about procrastination for those other people out there who are not me who might struggle with it now and then, um, now that I have this one solitary experience from six months ago to draw from and nothing else but theory and intellect. Um, also join me on next week's episode about never giving away your faults by overcompensating and protesting too much. Uh, but anyway, uh, why is it so hard? Why do you think it's so hard to do the things you need to do? Maybe it's not hard for you, but, like, right now me is always blaming five minutes ago me and passing things off on three hours from now me. Um, and, like, what's the dealio with that? I don't get it. Uh, Sometimes I'm legitimately, like, that annoying person that does everything and plans ahead and work, work, work well in advance of a deadline, but I don't know when or how that happens, and when it does... It only lasts for, like, five days. I'm either, like, in the zone killing it and doing everything I need to do, 
or completely impervious to any kind of self-motivation and just completely lazy. So that brings me to New Year's resolutions. Um, I don't know about resolutions because my life has never changed from a moment. Like December 31 and I'm a new me because I resolved it. <laughs> like, you know those moments you hear about when people say stuff, uh, Mr. Johnson down the street died and from that moment on I realized my own mortality and changed my life and embraced the now. Or like, she told me I would never amount to anything and something clicked on in my brain and I had to prove her wrong and that was like my mission from that moment forward. Yeah, none of those things have ever happened to me. <laughs> like, I've never had like the just total uh, pivot from something in my life to something new. I remember specific moments when I was growing up as a kid when I'd have a, a moment like that where I'd be like, this is it. This is the moment that I'm gonna look back on five years from now and say, that changed my, that was a turning point, that changed my life. Um, because I was like, oh yeah, that, that was the moment. But then the next morning is like, meh, I mean, that wasn't really that life changing, so. <laughs> and it never takes, I guess. So, resolutions necessarily aren't really my thing. Um, but, but I do make goals, which I feel like is a little bit different. I like goals a lot, and they're very muchly helpful. They've helped me accomplish everything, the things that I have accomplished. Um, so here's the way I usually do it. Instead of making a res resolution, I'll make goals. Um, every couple of months, uh, main goals and steps to get there. So, like, I'll make a sort of a longer range goal and then break that down into the different smaller goals that I need to do to accomplish that. This works especially well with, like, financial goals because you can easily gamify it really well. Especially if you keep your little coin purse and sell off your old weapons when you unlock the level upgrade and save the coins you get back instead of buying potions. Um, little life tip for you. <laughs> anyway, most of the time I slowly forget my goals and I need to reset after a couple of months because I guess I am just that awful. Um, even posting, like, putting a sticky on my mirror or something doesn't really work because after a couple of weeks, my brain just sees it, like, as part of the mirror and I just disregard it. So, I need to consciously reset myself every once in a while. Um, and this is the most effective way that I accomplish things. Not, like, at the beginning of the year, here's a resolution! Um, instead I'll make a kind of a long-range goal, then break it into little goals, and then... I'll every once in a while redo my daily schedule, re-motivate myself periodically to remember what exactly I'm supposed to be doing or trying to do to move the chains and get down the field. Do you like my sports ball reference, all of you sports fans out there? Um, so sure, the new year is a perfectly good time to do a goal reset, but... I just do it with the expectation that I'm going to need to do it again by the end of January and then again in February and May and so on and so on. So, uh, so yeah, that's how I do it. Um, want to know some of my goals for 2019? Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast at all, 
You'll remember one time I told you about how I can only focus at one thing at a time, and whatever I'm focusing on makes everything else suffer. Well, that was not a lie. Since that episode, I have not exercised or hung out with any friends. <laughs> because I've been slaving away for you doing this podcast and sacrificing life and limb and my future, you're welcome. Um, but for real, <laughs> I, I have been... L- it's true, the rest of my life has been, like, a disaster area. I've gained, like, 15 pounds. I never wake up on time. My dog glares at me every morning and gives me the stink eye because I haven't been walking him as much as I'm supposed to. Um, so, my running list of goals right now is get back to my health regimen, eat better, lose weight. I have a couple of financial goals that I'm working on. I also want to actually get out ahead of my (laughs) Adventist millennial content for, I mean, continue being out ahead of it. Um, and maybe, like, make one friend, but that's negotiable. Uh, but really the biggest goal I have going into 2019 that I hope will affect all the rest of them is needing to restructure my life and be more effective with how I use my time. Um, so this last Wednesday was the first time I didn't get a video out on the Facebook and YouTube pages, you guys. Uh, those of you who follow both were probably sitting at your desk sobbing because I didn't release anything. I know that's what happened and I apologize. Um, I had a video shot, but I... (laughs) hadn't edited it and I had a script for a live stream that I also didn't get time to do because I didn't take a lunch break at work but anyway like that moment that Wednesday that I didn't release anything I felt like I let myself down I felt like I let you guys down as the audience um and I was like that was one of those times when I was like this is it this is the terrible event the moment that changes my life and and now I'm gonna wake up and become a like a super podcaster um so that'll probably start happening soon right <laughs> uh, I will actually be six months produced six months ahead um but for real lately I feel like I've been having a serious deadline every day, either something for work or something for a side project or whatever. I've been feeling the pressure um, lately, but at the same time, I haven't been able to motivate myself. So my goal going into 2019 is to change that. Um, I really have fun creating content for Adventist Millennial, but it's super time consuming. Also, I hate video editing. Um, PewDiePie has the right idea. If I just got a video editor, like, it would be smooth sailing, right? Um, being healthy takes up a lot of time, too, for those of you super fit people out there who, like, meal prep and go to the gym and run six miles and do all that kind of healthy people jazz. It it takes a lot of time. Sleeping in until five minutes before work and eating Pop-Tarts and ramen every day doesn't (laughs) cut it for hashtag health message, um, even though that's convenient and time-saving, theoretically. Uh, I think my problem is that I get to having too many irons in the fire. Uh, do you guys, does anybody else have too many irons in the fire? Please tell me there are way more irons in fires than can be ironed? Blacksmithed? Is that the origin of the idiom? Do you, wait, for is the implication that the iron that's in the fire is something you're about to hammer into some 
metal work. Anyway, never mind. That's beside the point. Um, I have my job, which takes up obviously the week, but also I have to work a lot on weekends because hashtag ministry, so it's okay. Um, and we all know how millennials generally have a bad attitude about work. Like, it's so oppressive and we actually have to show up and it's such a waste of time to have a job. Well, yes, I suffer from that too. Um, and then I have, like, volunteer stuff that I help out with for several different things that have deadlines or things that I have to be at or show up for. Um, and then... I'm also working my way through TV shows that are culturally relevant and informative about how comedy works. <laughs> I just finished nine seasons of Seinfeld, finally. I know, your Adventist lungs are involuntarily gasping that I have an actual TV-watching agenda that is actually meant to be informative and educational and not just mindless satanic hypnotism that endangers your salvation. That's impossible. Um, but also having to create weekly content on a weekly basis has reminded me how difficult that is. Like, I could just put something out for the sake of putting something out and it would just be like the rest of the garbage we scroll through online all the time. But if I actually want to feel like I'm saying something interesting or worthwhile, I, I need time to think. Um, it, it took me like a couple decades to think up the ideas I've already shared with you so far. And if I'm just running from task to task or deadline to deadline because I'm so busy uh, and I don't have time to live that melancholy artist life of introspection and philosophical contemplation, um, then I won't be able to sustain it. Uh, so, guys, this podcast is my high priority every Friday, this podcast. But... I'm just warning you, don't be surprised if I taper off a little bit on Instagram and Facebook content uh, to create a little bit of space for the time that I think I need to generate thoughts and ideas um, that you guys might actually want to hear. So that's my goal for this year. Create some space, a little more space in my life. Uh, be a little more effective <laughs> with my time management um, and we'll see how it goes. I'll have to reassess tomorrow. I'll have to reassess next week. I'll have to <laughs> reassess next month and just keep reminding myself, uh, of my goals. So that's, that's my 2019 plan. What, what are some of your resolutions for 2019? Do you have any? Do you make, some people just don't even make them. Tell me your procrastination stories too. We can commiserate about how yeah, I work best under pressure, so I have to procrastinate, even though I've only ever waited to and procrastinated, so I had to work under pressure, so I have nothing to compare it to, but probably I work best under pressure. <laughs> Tell me I'm not the only one. Okay, now, uh, here's the question. Can you be ambitious and be a Christian? This is our next topic. Uh, one thing that has always bugged me growing up in a Christian serve God and do good environment is the idea that you have to hold yourself back because ministry is more important. Like, being poor, mediocre in your field, uh, just generally unremarkable, all in the name of prioritizing ministry is just religious virtue signaling, if you ask me. 
I feel like I've encountered only really two kind of attitudes. One, there's danger in working at something to be very successful at it because, uh, you know, pride or whatever. And then the other one is there, there are more virtuous things to be doing than climbing the career ladder or investing your money to grow your capacity. Um, we're discouraged from going, going after what we want or enjoy and trying to be really successful at it because we should be focused on depleting ourselves for the cause. Being humble and subservient to God apparently means not succeeding by definition. Um, it sounds ridiculous to say out loud um, that dragging yourself down is somehow the Christian thing to do, but you know it's true. That's the attitude many people have. You get judged if you want to be successful by any definition that's not serving others. Like, I've known people who intentionally lived paycheck to paycheck in order to give away everything after they paid their bills to force themselves to trust God. Like, this is dumb. Um, it doesn't make you trust God more. It just takes away your opportunity to grow and discipline yourself and make good decisions. Um, it passes the responsibility off on God. But no, uh, we're told we're supposed to aspire to be like people, people like David Gates, praying from one ministry project to the next and hoping a giant check will fly in from somewhere, some miracle place, so we won't be responsible for making something happen ourselves. Um, because that's trusting God. Adventists don't talk amongst ourselves about how, like, for example, how inspiring the McKees are because they provide thousands of jobs and presumably they have plenty of capacity to support causes they want to support. Uh, I feel like it's more side-eye because they're not selling all their possessions and living in a twig hut in Africa. They're making that evil, evil profit. Uh, the rich young ruler is always taken as an example that applies to everyone at all times in all situations and that Jesus was saying you shouldn't have things because that will automatically ruin your salvation. But it seems to me, wouldn't it make more sense that Jesus was saying that to that specific guy regarding that specific situation? Um, couldn't it be that the rich young ruler's specific roadblock was his pride and status and money, and basically, I think the principle of selfishness is more the takeaway than no one have anything or be successful or accomplished or have influence or do anything in the world. Just be poppers who love Jesus. That's real virtue. Uh... <laughs> I mean, why don't we hear people telling us that we should be the Joseph of Arimathea who, who was rich enough to provide a tomb for Jesus' burial? Like what? We want to toss Jesus in the empty lot out back of the church because we don't have the money to bury him? But it's not just with money either. If you're ambitious and you want to succeed in your career, if you want to be the best in your field, that's too risky too. No, instead you should use whatever rudimentary skills you naturally possess and just give free or cheap work to the church and hold yourself back from throwing everything at the opportunities that 
that may crop up in front of you. You don't want to compromise your salvation by doing well at something. You'll probably become prideful. Better to just suffer and hobble along and, like, just barely get the job done. Just be good enough. I have a friend that's, like, super talented, has a lot of skill, a lot of creativity, um, and this person was telling me that they once had a really big opportunity to be mentored by uh, an extremely successful business person who had, like, some kind of show tutoring people um, and helping them be successful. But, no, this person's parents advised that it is too dangerous to expose yourself to the secular world like that. Um, however successful it might make you, and it's better to just do something modest in ministry. Why? Why do we say these things? Why are we so afraid of succeeding? Um, <laughs> do we think we can't? Like, this is something that I've wondered about in my own life. I went to Adventist University. I've only ever worked for Adventist-connected organizations. Um, like, I wonder, would I even be able to make it out there in the competitive outside world? Uh, our attitude is, like, just accept what's available because it's for ministry. Um, you work with what you have. It doesn't, it doesn't exactly spur competition, and competition is what improves things, but no, we're averse to competition, too. Um, you can be halfway competent and still get hired in Adventism because, well, you're a willing body and that's good enough. Um, I, I think in church we're, one, missing out on the opportunity we could have to spread out among the world and influence our work spheres outside of the church if we were working outside of the church but we all tend to congregate in little groups and i guess because it's easier and then the other thing is have you seen how adventist organizations are run <laughs> we're not we're not improving but holding status quo and hoping we don't collapse because I think because we've isolated ourselves and held ourselves back in the name of humble service. Not only is there more growth potential for people as individuals outside the church organizations, career and finance-wise, um, I think we should also be keeping up with how successful people and businesses do things so we can then come back and improve our own ways of doing things. The reason people make so many jokes about SDAs being 50 years behind everyone else, um, I think is specifically because of this unwillingness to go out and really excel at something. Instead, we're so crippled by the fear that we'll be derailed out of our salvation that we refuse to adopt any worldly things uh, and just limp along instead. Until something is so far past industry standard that it's become obsolete. That's like the Adventist MO. So... How many times in Adventist organizations have you known someone who was in a position who didn't have the skills or the education or the knowledge that the position needed, but there were no other candidates, so, well, they can probably manage it. Um, how many times have you heard, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called? Well... What's the problem with actually trying to get qualified at something instead of waiting for God to just magically qualify you? 
So, millennials, can't we be the generation of Adventists who go out and innovate with the rest of the world? Can't we be the ones um, trailblazing something that's worthwhile, not only inside the church, but that's also applicable outside it too? Can't we be the ones who actually make enough money to support the projects we want to do? The ones who are savvy, who invest, who have the capacity to focus on something besides how do we keep from shutting the doors because we're out of money? Is it not Christ-like to be a master carpenter and have 30 years of living life and growing into a qualified person before just diving headlong into ministry to escape, basically escape the responsibility of actually striving for something? I know so many people who have ditched college to be a missionary or volunteered and scraped by because it's a waste of time to do some worldly job when you're not allowed to hand out glow tracks at that job. Like, where are the Adventist billionaires Alex Jones keeps telling me about? Either they're as much of a figment of his imagination as everything else he says, or they're hiding because other Adventists will judge them for storing up their treasures on earth. You're allowed to be a doctor if you do it to help people and not to make money. You could be a lawyer if you pro bono for the church instead of putting in the 80 billable hours a week that gets you promoted. You can make a startup if it does something for mission instead of meeting an actual need in the market. I think it's probably a mentality that Satan has successfully grown as a false sense of virtue to keep the church from actually doing what it's supposed to do. Because if we're not allowed to be successful in the world, how on earth are we supposed to be successful in the gospel commission? It's the same double standard that I am always talking about. There's the way the world works and the way to be successful in it. That's reality, our reality. And then there's the sanctified way that God works and how to let him do everything through us and for us. They're mutually exclusive ways. You can't do one of them if you're doing the other because they're diametrically opposed. Well, I'd say if we're successful in the world and we live in it, that will translate much better into being successful in what we want to accomplish for the world we're hoping for. Heaven. Um, and I think that God wants us to grow and reach and stretch and succeed in everything we do and not hold ourselves back to force ourselves to remain in childhood, relying on God for everything. God is not miserying us. He's not Kathy Bates. He's not breaking our legs to keep us from going off and doing something great so that we'll rely on him. I think God wishes that we would strive for the absolute most successful we can be, whatever that means, whether it's in wealth, influence, business, art, whatever. Instead of being fine enough to get by, let's start being the best. Don't you want to do that? Like, we can still say it's for hashtag mission if that makes your Adventist little heart more at ease. Uh, but go, go and succeed, young Adventist millennials. Uh, I'll do my best to join you, starting with actually doing my podcast on time. Um, but that's what I hope. Um, that's what I want to see. Let me let me know what you guys are inspired to be successful at, and hopefully we can all help each other to do that. How do you want to be successful? What are your plans for 2019? Uh, let me know. Email me, adventistmillennial at gmail.com. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. 
at SDA Millennial. And I will catch you guys next week.